0: Mm -hmm. That actually
1: I got to I yawned. I mean I could it happened
2: (laughs) four times. I've been I've been experimenting with that and some it's it's got all kinds of interesting things with it. So yeah, Yeah. just the childlike faith, the feeling stupid with your mouth just wide open, the following (laughs) through with the yawn to just like let it be what it is. All of those are just some, there's some interesting things that's going on with that. I don't fully know, but I'm just like, I don't know, but I'm going to go with this. Mm -hmm.
3: That was awesome. Thank you. Thank you for that, Fred. Um, I'm honored to be back doing an encore of last week's discussion. Uh, For those of y'all who missed last week's presentation, uh, we pretty much talked about two history-defining events that are currently going on in today's world that are both directly related to harvest And both of those things were uh, UFOs and planetary warming last week's, I'm actually going to go in reverse of last week and start off with the planetary warming. So if you don't know, it's very hot outside and um, just not us here in the States, but the entire world is experiencing a drastic increase of heat. Our summers are getting hotter. And the heat it just keeps heating, um, you know, our caps are melting, sea levels are rising, and all of these things are happening. Some of this is caused, some of this is man-made and, you know, caused by our fuel emissions and all of that stuff. But there is also a metaphysical reasoning behind the increase um, of this heat, as well as the increase in extreme weather patterns. And that is the Earth is releasing a lot of internal, unusable heat. And this is a side effect of the transition into the fourth density. Now, the reason for this heat is because of mankind's history of aggression and hostility towards one another. Um, anytime someone, you know, thinks thoughts of separation or anytime, you know, we have feelings of disagreement or rage towards someone, which, you know, has happened individually and in groups throughout our entire history that causes a little bit of disharmony and that causes um, heat to be generated within the earth. Luckily, the Earth is transitioning into positive fourth density. So that means that this heat that has been generated from the span of mankind's um, belly coast history is no, is not compatible with the energies of this positive fourth density. And so the Earth is having to release this heat. And she is doing that in the uh, like I said what extreme weather patterns. We're seeing this in increase of heat in temperatures all across the globe as well as through volcanoes. Um, Quo gives us a pretty good example of kind of an analogy of our own personal selves and how we can think of this um, on a more a smaller scale. Um, pretty much, you know, whenever we're running a fever, we know something is wrong. I mean, something internally is something inside of us is off. That's the reason we run a fever. Um, and so pretty much that's what's happening within the earth. There are energies within the earth that we have caused that are disagreeing with the incoming fourth density energies. And like I said, that heat is having to be released. The Earth is having to get rid of that heat um, as it transitions into fourth density. Quote tells us that, you know, anytime we have negative thoughts or thoughts, separations or anything that creates heat in us, not necessarily in the um, temperature wise, but that does create a sort of metaphysical heat and the longer um, we ponder or dwell on those feelings of aggressions or the more, you know, negative thoughts that we generate or actions eventually over time that heat builds up and does manifest physically. So, like I said, this is um, what we're seeing. You know, the release of this heat in our physical environment is the product of thousands and thousands and thousands of years of mankind's Coast history. So that's what we're experiencing right now. Um, what are y'all's thoughts on that?
0: Um, I'll I'll speak first on that. Yes, I agree 100%. And
4: I would say uh, that it is not just that we have had bellicosity. Ra gives an interesting uh, inkling into the fact that bellicosity itself is uh, not the problem. It's our inability to, to efficiently use it. The bellicosity because there's a part of the uh, material where charlie hickson who i think was a vietnam vet was abducted by third density um ent-like aliens that were from the planet cyrus and they had tree uh th- they were already a third density social memory complex which pretty much doesn't happen it's very anomalous uh, and in order for them to actually harvest to fourth density, they were so positive, so harmonious because you can't really hurt another tree. I'm, I'm assuming <laughs> um, that they actually had to explore bellicosity and understand it and process it as a way for them to actually go forward in fourth density positive, even though they were hyper, almost angelically positive in third density. So, I would say that um, it's our inability to use uh, third dense uh, bellicosity as a way for us to uh, use it efficiently and and go inside. Anyways, that's just a thought that I had. What do you think, Demarcus?
3: Absolutely. I think you're spot
0: on.
1: What would that look like efficiently using bellicosity?
0: Well, go ahead. Oh, uh, I was just no, going to it.
3: No. I would say using it in, as a form of catalyst of, okay, we're in a situation of division and a situation of separation. Instead of increasing and, you know, maintaining that energy and increasing that separation or division or this negativity, let's take this as, you know, a learning experience and balance it out versus continuing in the aggression. I think that would be one catalyst of using bellicosity.
4: Yeah, that's great. Another way to do it too is uh, it's not that differences are a problem because part of uh, uh, the whole creator manifesting itself is that it manifests itself through differentiation. You know, that particle is not this particle and so on and so forth. Um, It's just that when we are mired in the ethos of separation and then our actions further that ethos of separation. Uh, especially when we think our actions are righteous or justified. So we could be doing what we think is positive, even when our actions are actually mired in the ethos of separation. That's how we can continue on bellicosity without even knowing we're doing bellicose things. Um, And then one other thing is I wanted to share about the global warming When uh, you have a lot of new age folks that say, "Well, there's no such thing as man-made global warming; it's all the um, metaphysical stuff." And I love the fact, Demarcus, that you are able to hold both of those—that it's human-made as well as metaphysical. Um, One thing I try to do to actually synthesize the two is I say that uh, it is true; the science would be true that there is an increase. Of um, global heat, that we can see that it is also related to human made products. But isn't that our own bellicose, physical bellicosity towards the earth and towards each other is the actual pollution of it? And so it can still be metaphysical, can still be um, our inability to use bellicosity as a catalyst. And it physically manifests as our uh actions of bellicosity towards the earth in in the in the form of rubbish and in um contamination what are your thoughts on that i could be off but what do you
3: think so are you saying that pretty much it's the result of it's pretty much working both ways and that it's physical affecting the metaphysical and then vice versa
4: um
3: i'm saying yes but really uh, what i'm
4: trying to say is that if, if it's true metaphysically, it's got to be true physically. And our way that we're screwing up the earth by our inability to, um, we'll just appreciate Gaia, and we're, we've been working against Gaia for so long, that is be- that is an actions of bellicosity towards the earth in a physical way, which is heating up the earth, even as metaphysically it's true too. Um, But the physical expression of that uh, very well may be our pollution of the earth in some ways.
0: I got you. I definitely wholeheartedly agree. That's a great point.
2: There is a uh, I don't know if anybody has ever heard of the author Orson Scott Card. He's a science fiction kind of does young adult novels. But what's interesting, he is a um, he's a Mormon. And uh, he reminds me kind of like the C.S. Lewis of the Mormon uh, tradition. Like he really is great. And he did the whole, the movie that came out, Ender's Game, so he did the book Ender's Game. And uh, he is just brilliant in how like the whole idea and doctrine of Mormonism, he he writes a lot of it in science fiction, and so he's got this story of this one planet where these particular creatures that are native to that planet, uh, the, the the sun is going through like it's like it's going through a systemic change where the, the planet is heating up. And these uh, creatures are just. Playing a lot more aggression uh, and so they are killing off each other and as a result of killing off each other it's like in a sense it's reflecting what's happening with you know the planet and, and it's changing how much air is being used uh, and like it, on, on these big big levels you know how much oxygen is being used up because folks are killing each other off and it's like in some kind of way it's all balancing but they are like almost like acting out the 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 violence of the heated planet and so and and this that that's just something that's interesting kind of smacks of this that you're talking about It's like acting out what's going on on a on a cosmic level and not mm-hmm. almost like not being able to kind of snap out of the trance of it uh as opposed to being the observer and saying, oh, I'm angry, let me calm down. But just being in the trance of being angry. So it's interesting.
3: Another um, interesting thing, the point is too, is to your comment about, you know, pretty much us destroying, you know, not helping out with the heating, you know, and destroying our environment is, there are also a lot of people here who are third density repeaters from planets that they destroy and they're still trying to work at that catalyst. And some of them have been successful, and some of them aren't getting it. And so I think it's very interesting that we also have that factor into play, too, that we have all of these people in the population who have destroyed the previous planets and are coming here and trying to do better. But like I said, some are, and some aren't. So I, th- I think that's also another another interesting thing to point out also. So what? What my question for y'all is, what do y'all think about, what do you think will happen? Do you think it's going to get worse before it gets better? What do you, y'all predict with the whole, the earth releasing the heat and as uh, the transition into fourth density? Do you think temperatures, we're going to have 200 degree summers in 100 years and it's just going to get worse and worse and worse or what do y'all think?
0: Hmm. No. Michael, you live in a beautiful area in the country
4: where it's nice and cool, so I'm sure you don't want it to warm up. What do you think about that? Um, you know, I think it's an interesting question. I, don't, I
5: would answer, I don't know. You know, I don't, I don't know which way it's going. I mean, I think um, that it has been accelerating so quickly and the weather's changed in the t- 23 years that I've lived in the Northwest. It is getting warmer here. Um, and, you know, as DeMar- DeMarcus you know, brings up, will it stop? Well, we don't know. It seems like it won't, um, that it will, will continue. And I was in Santa Fe last week, uh, this past week, and it was in the upper 90s, and usually doesn't get that hot there and stay that hot at that elevation. So it seems like we're going in that direction.
1: Yeah, I know. In Seattle, when I lived there, uh, all those years, I can remember where majority of the houses didn't have any air conditioning. And even though the temperatures weren't as warm as like what's happening in Texas, you're right, it, it it was getting warmer. And more and more people were having to, you know, buy air conditioning or get air conditioning installed. And I it's it's warming slower there it's still comfortable but you know i know here in texas it's this is a another record setting heat um you know when it when it cools cools down to 90 (laughs) yeah
0: um yeah it's it's bizarre i don't know the future
1: gosh I mean, it would be more of a hope or more of a wish that something shifts completely. I mean, how do you know, because sometimes I think about the planet and what's happening and, you know, humanity just there's so many out there that just don't even aren't even aware Oh, there's no, like you say, there's no such thing. There's no concern. It's all made up. Yeah, I don't know. I would like to hope that we can shift. And, uh, you know, I'd even like to think that the planet can heal itself, you know. And that, yeah, I don't know.
3: Great points. Anybody else have any uh, last comments on the planetary warming before we move on?
2: I I'm not putting it
3: past
2: this. Just a speculation. I'm 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 agreeing right there. I'm I'm hoping that the planet does some type of shifting where it heals itself. But uh, like Barbara said, but I'm not putting past the speculation that what is happening, like you know how there's this implication that was if I'm right that like sixth density is living on the on the sun, you know, and so the phase there. I wonder if what's happening is that we are phasing out of third into a fourth density. And so in a sense, what we're really seeing is that it's not going to get so much better for third density, but it's, it's moving into getting just right. Most likely, or or I'll put it another way, it's like it's moving into a Goldilocks zone for fourth density whereas we were in a Goldilocks zone for third distance. And Gosh. so, you know, I've, that, that's part of my speculation. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's the same way like, like disease comes to the body when the body is at a lower level of energy, then that disease is opened up to it. And that's really kind of the, you know, like, like the bugs and critters that are eating up the bad flesh because it's at that lower zone. Right. And there's a higher zone. Well, that, that those bugs, those disease, all that bacteria doesn't even affect it because it's at a higher zone. And so in a sense, we are kind of planet, planet level, planet wise, kind of going into a higher density. And so like so in fourth density, that that heat is just not a problem like it is here. So that's my speculation.
3: That's a really interesting point. I never thought about that of uh, pretty much the deactivation of third density, it not being hospitable, um, anymore, but very conducive, just pretty much like Rod tells us that, you know, third density on Venus is a hellscape, but, um, it's inhabited, but it's very conducive for fifth and sixth densities, which, um, which is inhabited right, right. now. That's a really good point. Yeah.
2: yeah.
3: Alrighty, so that's that on planetary warming. So we're going to go into the next really big topic um, that's been in the news, especially uh, with the recent you know big disclosures and everything. And that is UFOs. And so Ra gives us a pretty a lot of commentary on UFOs. Don was pretty uh, was really into that, so he asked a lot of questions on that. Um, And Ra themselves have been involved with some of the crafts that we have seen throughout our history. So from the raw contact, um, raw pretty much does confirm that, yes, we have had extraterrestrial visits, um, what even since way before third density all the way up to today's time. Some of these, um, landings in the past have been physical. We know that raw physically landed and walks amongst the Egyptians. We know that there were other races that landed in South America, Atlantis and so on and so forth. Um, but the lessons ha- that have been learned from that was that they were taken to be worshipped and other than which they didn't want because they felt that would be uh, an infringement on the free will of the people. And so Ra, for instance, because they were helped in their third density by sixth density entities, they naively thought they could come to the earth and do the exact same thing. And they soon learned that instead of, you know, they were welcomed, the Egyptians welcomed them with open arms, but they also revered them because they were, they looked different. And like I said, their knowledge was beyond. So they took them and worshiped them as gods. Um so a lot of people are like, you know, all of these UFOs, why don't they just land? Why isn't there a mass physical landing? Why don't they all just, you know, drop out of the sky? Like we see in movies and everything. And the reason for that is that that would be a huge, huge, huge polarity loss on both sides. Now, can anyone tell me well, why it would be a polarity loss on the service to sell side? Since they're usually the polarity of that. They just invite themselves and in. they're not usually, they don't wait to be called to service. They call themselves to service and they also don't have any problem. Showing their physical craft. So, why would a, a mass landing be a problem
0: for them? you want to take a stab? Yeah, I can take a stab. Um, I think the reason why it would be
4: a mass, uh, would it decrease the polarity? Is uh, um, the first, I think the first reason is that people may decide to band together and fight them. Uh, And so then you've got a a chance for, then you'd have a battle and they would have to be to win that battle. Um, And then secondly, uh, I think that the best way for Orion to win is to slowly uh, infiltrate over generations and, and deliver a kind of belief system so that when people think they're doing the positive thing, they're actually doing the negative thing, and that ends up being service to self. In the long run, they they end up, by free will, becoming uh, a part of Orion, even if they feel like they're positive. Um,
0: so that would certainly be a smoother way to do it. But those are just my two thoughts. And what, and what anybody else?
3: So you're pretty much right, Doug. So the service itself, um, if they were to mass land, they, like I said, there would be huge polarity loss. And they would. the only way in order to regain that polarity is if they were to successfully conquer the planet. That would be the only way. And so, of course, that would take a lot. So they prefer to work both polarities, um, choose to work from behind the scenes. And so um, a lot of these UFOs that we're seeing aren't just from one place or a few places, they actually have, uh, there are many origins of these UFO crafts that people are seeing and have been seeing throughout um, our history. So some of these craft are of Orion. So the physical visitations are from the service to self entities of the Orion Confederation. Their ships and their craft are physical. A lot of the physical landings and ships that people report are more than likely uh, Orion craft. Um, The Confederation also has craft in the sky, but they are thought form projections. Um, They have no physicality. They look physical. Um, they're pretty much indistinguishable from third density, but there is no actual physicality to them. So whenever, you know, we hear a lot of reports of pilots like, hey, you know, we saw all of these craft and I don't know where they just disappeared. You know, that's more than likely thought form projections because then they can disintegrate um, coming in and out of our space time, you know, at will. Um, some of our craft are other extraterrestrial higher density entity visitors that are non-Confederation. There are also a third, uh, third density civilizations of other planetary origin that are visiting us. Now, Ross says that interstellar travel isn't unheard of for third density, but it is pretty rare. And so the few third density um, civilizations that have visited us, um, for instance, Ra tells us, I think um, those from Sirius, they were able to, they discovered a way to use hydrogen that allowed them to achieve interstellar travel. Um, that we haven't discovered yet. So that's one form of visitors. We also have our own craft. So RAW pretty much confirms that, you know, yes, we have, you know, our governments have retrieved alien craft, have learned how to build them and have built um, numerous of them. I think at the time of the RAW channel, RAW gave an approximate number, a little over a thousand craft that the US government alone has built. And so some of these craft that people are seeing are our own craft. And then, um, some of the other craft that our people are seeing are our own thought forms. And so as a collective mind, because of our joint history with UFOs, um, in our deep collective human mind, we have had experiences throughout our history with UFOs and we have held those images and those experiences in the collective consciousness. And so Rod tells us that anytime, you know, there's enough. Um, anytime somebody want, expects or wants to have this experience, then the mass mind will project the experience of a UFO um, from our own mass mind. Are there any uh, thoughts or comments on this? Yes, Doug?
4: Yeah, I actually have a question. Uh, you had mentioned that there are higher density beings that are not of the confederation that are visiting Earth. Is Did I hear you right? Correct, yeah yeah um i i i the question i have is i don't remember seeing that in the material but maybe you um i don't know if that's a speculation or is quo say that because from my my perspective is that there's and this is where i'm i'm legitimately asking the question because i don't know but I, i remember thinking that nobody no positive being would be associated with earth um, in terms of anything, unless it's to the confederation, because that is the the positive group that's in charge of the sector of the galaxy. And then um, no uh, yeah, so th- that's kind of a question I have. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, Where did you yeah. get that there are higher
3: So uh, it was either the I want to say either the raw contact or the core channelings where they mentioned that there are non-confederation entities that are positive. They're just not part of the confederation. So they have you know, there are members extraterrestrials who aren't part of the confederation that have the right to just come by. Um, They mentioned that some of these visitors literally are just have come just to pass by or just to observe. And that's literally it, not land or anything. Um, So there are non-confederation entities that have passed through our skies. Thank you. Cool. I have a a question
5: for the group. Um, does anyone, um, aware, is anyone aware of, uh, Chris Bledsoe, who lives in North Carolina, who, um, has, uh, wrote the book, A UFO God? He's gotten a lot of, um, coverage lately and, um, he sees has, he has, uh, orbs that regularly visit his property and, um, does that ring a bell with
0: anyone? I'm just curious as to what folks might know of him. Haven't heard of him. Okay then. And you said he, he's
3: having visitations on his property often?
0: Yeah, often, and, and he has
5: had scientists uh, and uh, others uh, visit to document and record. Um, and what was also curious, he's got an Instagram account and uh, a lot of these sightings are posted, uh, are recorded and posted on, on his Instagram account. But he um, also uh, claims an abduction at one time and um, and then also a, a visit um, by a, a female figure dressed in white uh, in a white gown. Which one hears about, and that makes me wonder what's that in the similarity to some of the apparitions that have happened over time of the Blessed Virgin Mary. So I, I, I wrote him uh, on Instagram and, and he answered, uh, and his answer was just that he didn't know. He said it's that the appearances of Mary. Uh, were a Catholic thing that he didn't acknowledge um, or have any insight as to what he sees um, has any relation to that. Wow. That's really anyway, neat. Anyway, uh, look him up. His book is called UFO of God, and it's also on audiobook if you want to listen to it.
3: Awesome. Thanks for that, Mike. We all are definitely look into that. Yeah, sure. he's all,
5: you can also find out a
0: lot about him uh, on YouTube. Okay. Yeah, he's. Or social media, too. Sweet.
3: All righty. I have this quote here from Quote. They say, we of the Confederation have only appeared in your skies as thought forms. That is to say, there is no physicality to the seemingly very real phenomena reported as UFOs. Certainly those of the loyal opposition, those engaged to service the self-communication with those who would wish that communication upon your planet, have no qualms about appearing in the skies in perfectly physical form. But we have long since discovered that it is an infringement upon free will to move into your physical existence. However, the thought form of the so-called Venusian bellcraft is a form that is part of the deep mind for your people have seen these for many millennia. So I thought I, uh, I came across this and I thought I'd just throw that in there.
2: So if you could break that down just to, like, summarize what they're saying or what you're you're understanding them saying, what what do you get from that?
3: That pretty much that. So. The confederation, their craft that we see, aren't physical, um, and they choose not to be physical because of the lessons they've learned in their past and how that can be an infringement. However, the service to self um, polarity, they have no problem with showing their physicality, and they're also um, also stating that you know so the Venusian bell craft, um, like I said, mentioned earlier, is a part of our collective mind because we have had such a long history with that um, certain craft.
0: Hmm.
2: So does it sound like they're saying, you guys are just not ready yet. And so how you are ready, for example, through the idea, the, the image of the Venusian bell craft, you, you know, that comes in in, in showers or in glimpses you know uh because there's enough people that see that but that's as much we could come at any time but you're really not ready and we don't want to
3: mess you up am i hearing that or pretty much yeah you pretty much get the gist their purpose is to pretty much raise awareness of mystery they're trying to provoke people's minds and get them to kind of like hey there's more there's more out there they're they're essentially advertising and then people are saying that, yeah, you know, we've landed physically in the past. That was a mistake. Lessons learned. So now we're trying to do it in a more, I, I, I guess, you could say, advertising way. Got it. Thank you. No problem. Um, so the quarantine. So any any entity who desires to show in our skies, our land or earth, must go before the councils. Um, go before the council of Saturn and gain permission or they can take advantage of what's called the random window effect in our quarantine. And so what the quarantine is, it's pretty much a kind of like a protective um, barrier or grid over earth. And that keeps um, just any any extra transfer from just being able to come in and land anytime they want to. And this quarantine was established to protect the free will of third density earth. And so, like I said, any entity who wishes to appear in our skies or to make any type of visitation has to get approval from the council or, like I said, take advantage of the window effect. Um, Rod tells us that the Confederation met with President uh, Eisenhower in the 1950s they wanted, they were interested to see, you know, what um they said Eisenhower was a very positive entity and they wanted to see what would happen if they were to meet with him and meet with somebody in a position of power and, and pretty much divulge this information of beings on other planets and other philosophies. And um they said that they came in the form of thought form. So they didn't they their physical selves didn't meet with Eisenhower. But it was thought form beings and they say which is pretty much indistinguishable from their density. Um, So they met with Eisenhower and the consensus at the end of that meeting pretty much was for the Confederation and Eisenhower to go their separate ways. Eisenhower felt that the people under his care wasn't ready for the knowledge of other beings on other planets and other philosophies. Pretty much, he felt that America and the world wasn't ready. and so the Confederation, like I said, they both mutually agreed to go their separate ways. And the Confederation chose to just do their quiet advertising, which is uh, which is what they've been doing the past few decades and which they continue to do. Um, so I asked this question last week and I will ask you all for those who missed last week or if you all from last week want to chime in. Do you think Eisenhower made the right decision to not um, give the full disclosure to the country when he met with the Confederation? Do you think he made the right choice?
0: what a fantastic question um i've wondered that myself and uh ross talks about eisenhower is
4: being a simple congenial extremely positive soul Um, and they don't use things like extremely positive they don't say those words very often so when they do it, it means something uh so i'm gonna trust that eisenhower had the best intentions when he did that it wasn't coming from a a, a deep state manipulation thing from my perspective I, I wouldn't say um that he that looking looking backwards in terms of wisdom um i think he made the right decision in my opinion is because i think that since that meeting or however many meetings it was, it has allowed things like science fiction to really seed our human collective um, with this idea of being not alone. And uh, I think that is more of a natural way as opposed to it suddenly being uh, disclosed and
0: then humans not ready for that uh, responding in, in bellicosity, unprocessed. Um,
2: I like to chime in on that. Uh, I'm sorry, somebody else. Oh no, go ahead, Fred. Oh, I, I like to chime in on that. As you mentioned that, and I thought about it again last week, and I've, it's been a couple of days that I've had some time just to kind of let that simmer. And one of the things, like if we look at historically, um, that I think that it was the unfortunate right choice. But I think that Eisenhower just knew, and especially with his whole speech about the industrial, you know, uh, the, the war, the, the war, the fighting machine, the industrial war complex. I forgot how war industrial complex. Yeah. War industrial complex. And, uh, like think about it in this sense that like we had just gotten past. You know, a hundred years just in America alone, you know, the, the institutionalized slavery. We were still in the idea that, you know, we could dominate peoples. Um, like I, when I think about all of that, and I, and I mentioned about the whole idea of that majority of the world was illiterate for so long and now more people are becoming illiterate, I think we were still enamored <laughs> with our with our opposing thumb. <laughs> we we're still like uh uh smelling ourselves. We still felt that we are King Kong, you know, that we that 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 whole idea and that we would use it for domination, you know, uh If I could use another analogy, you know, think about the story of the Lord of the Rings and that part of the movie of the story where the one guy got the ring or was in, you know, close proximity of now I get it. And he had all the right intentions to destroy this thing that has destroyed so many. But the moment that he got that much power, he was like, I want it for myself and I will set everything right by dominating. and.
0: This gravity experiment were
2: fascinating. I'm sorry. Oh, so so yeah, that's that's those that are my thoughts. Is that yeah, it was we were too enamored with our our bows and thumbs. We we were too caught up on ourselves. And uh, Eisenhower knew that there was no way that we would peacefully uh, connect with with uh, those from other planets at that moment.
1: Yeah, and I agree with you, Fred, and uh, it being an unfortunate but the right decision, you know, because I was thinking what was happening back in the 1950s, and I mean, even just desegregation was, what, 1954?
2: Exactly.
1: Yep. You know, look what was happening, you know? I mean, I sort of grew up in the, a little younger in the 50s, but, you know, I was aware of what was even going on in the 60s, on
0: into the 70s, right. so it was- yeah. Wow.
3: Yeah. Awesome. Those are all great points. I think. Yeah, the consensus is he made the right choice. And I'm with you, Doug. I think he did it from a very, very sincere place, and very sincere place. And like you, Doug, he probably felt like we just weren't ready at the time. Just imagine, you know, how different not only America but the world would look if Eisenhower had chose to disclose. His meeting with the Confederation, and if you know they were allowed to go on full display, that, that would, our world would look totally different. Mm-hmm. So um, that brings us to today's disclosure. You know, if you've been paying attention in the news, there's been you know some hearings, and a lot of people you know, are coming uh, coming forward um, with further disclosure. And you know, disclosure is something that's been going on. Um, But with the recent hearing that happened, uh, that's kind of really put it on in the mainstream and on the forefront. Um, So what are kind of y'all's thoughts on today's disclosure? Are you excited? Are you nervous? Are you kind of in between, in the middle, hopeful?
0: I'm... I'm excited. Um, I I think it's a great first step. It's the
4: first of its kind in the kind of way that it's being uh, done on the larger scene. The theater of the politics of it all has not been done like this before. Um, I think that it's not going to be a quick process and there's going to be a lot of stonewalling and discrediting, you know, attempts to do that. But I also feel that um, it will inevitably happen, and it's. I'm trusting it's going at a pace that is not entirely in the control of third density humans. <laughs> it's going at a pace. I'm guessing that is congruent with the some kind of complex cosmic algorithm that takes into account the law of squares um our our uh, ability human's karma to be able to ingest it all like there's a million different layers that are going into this algorithm that allows the pace to happen at a certain kind of way but i'm happy to see it starting
0: i agree definitely agree I'm, i'm all of the
2: above i'm excited uh concerned uh you know all of that I wouldn't say fearful uh it is interesting watching you know how folks are doing it part of me is like uh weird analogy I don't know if any of you guys follow Cornell West uh he is a philosopher and a, a pre uh he's a preacher and a professor uh from uh that's taught at Harvard like all the Ivy Leagues and he's running for president. And, uh, you know, he, I I get nervous because I love, I've followed him since the 90s. Great books, great philosopher. And I'm like, please don't go in because it's so corrupt. I don't want you to become corrupt. (laughs) It's like that. And it's like, when, it's like, so how many things have we gotten our hands on and just messed up? (laughs) So I was like, Oh, I just hope we handle this good. That's kind of how I feel.
0: I'm right
3: there with you, Fred. I'm excited, but like you said, I could definitely see this going completely left. Especially since we have our own craft, and there's no telling what you know the government would choose to do with those. Uh, that that kind of worries me a little bit. anybody else want to chime in on that uh Fred you made a really good point last week and it kind of it was more like the generational thing the generational reception of the disclosure I think a lot of people you know were saying oh yeah you know with, amongst me you know my age group is not really you know talked about it's kind of swept off to the side whereas I was like you know I'm a millennial and this is it's, it's been getting a lot of buzz a lot of people are talking about it a lot of my friends or even you know it, it's got them thinking. You know, and so I, I think that was a really good point. So I just want to ask the rest of y'all on the call, how is the reception, have you seen a difference in the reception of this disclosure? It, you know, is a reception better amongst your age group? Do you see it kind of being better amongst the younger people or is it just a general mix? How do you, in y'all's experience, how do y'all see it?
1: In, in groups like this, um, and it could could span because this is this group is, well, you know, span lots of age groups, um, but I've only seen it in groups like such as this, um, similar to that that are kind of looking, already looking at all this. That's the only place I've seen it. I don't, you know, if I were to go up the street and talk to all my neighbors, they'd probably
0: think I was crazy. <laughs> They're just not even not even looking at it right i mean my wife thinks i'm delusional
4: <laughs> it's, that's okay you know we um love each other and i don't need her to believe me or or you know all this she definitely jokes that i you know my husband believes that aliens are real ha ha <laughs> you know? um, and so I have deliberately not shared anything that I see in the news. That's real clear on say some of the sites that I know she's looking at. Um I haven't, I have deliberately not said anything. I'm waiting for her to mention something, but i rest assured my friends that when she does say something, I will party like it's,
1: Twenty fifty. was area 51 the original i mean kind of the little blossom of this because i remember watching a it was a series almost like a documentary but it was done so well it was like watching a movie and i think it was oh i wish i could remember the name it was very interesting well if it comes to me i'll share but was Area Fifty One sort of the first um, because that got a lot of attention? I think over time, you know, as different little news pieces came out about it, and then it just sort of died down. It doesn't. I don't know the answer. That was like back in nineteen forty-seven. it was.
3: I'm no. I'm no expert on Area Fifty One. So anyone can, uh, can correct me, but I, I would assume that that was probably one of the first catalysts that put it in, in the mainstream. Yeah,
1: yeah. And
3: I think it it catapulted it because there were reports of us retrieving bodies. And I think that was something that really kind of, you know, skyrocketed. And that's just my, I could be wrong, but that's my kind of take yeah, on it.
1: Yeah, that was my first. Then it just kind of got hushed.
4: Yeah, but notice that it, the as within so without and as without so within so for example if something happens to me in my private life where um it's a maybe a big deal maybe it was a positive thing or a negative thing but after i process it a little bit i shove it under the into the unconscious or at least the subconscious and i don't look at it maybe um until many years later or time later it kind of trickles up from the subconscious to the conscious uh we'll notice what's happened here with us is that there's been um i think there's pretty clear evidence that there was a cover up that that the government went actually out of their way to provide disinformation even though at the very beginning there was it looked like there was definitely aliens and the um, bodies and whatnot, but the government came and did a cleanup operation, which is very macro of the same thing. Something big happens, we push it down, but nothing can stay down forever.
0: So it starts to trickle back up. And uh, I think that's what's happening right now.
3: Yep. Great point. So how is all this related to um, the harvest? Like I said earlier, after the meeting with Eisenhower, it was the confederation's desire to simply advertise and increase their advertising to get people to kind of wake up to the mystery. it is the time of our harvest. And so both sides are here trying to pull out all the stops in order to increase their harvest um, for both the positive and the negative because there will be a negative harvest. Um, so that's why there's a, such there's been such a huge increase. And in not only siding um, has been disclosed.
0: And on a canvas. I'm sorry, what was that? Someone says. That's coming in from another... Oh okay,
3: um. Oh yes. So pretty much, the increase of sightings and the increase of the disclosure happening, like I said, is related to the harvest because both sides are trying to increase their own harvest. And so, like I said, the positive side is trying to get pe- nudge people to like, hey, you know, there's more out there. There's more. There's more to this universe. There's more to this world. Then you know, kind of, hey, like, look up. And then, of course, the negative polarity wants to kind of come and flaunt off their cool cars and ships and get people talking and scared um, in order to dominate. So that was all for my presentation
0: or any last thoughts or comments or anything. Uh, Really, thank you. It was fantastic. Excellent. Yeah, I appreciate it. Michael, um, you weren't here last week, were you? No, I was out of town last weekend.
4: Yeah. And so some of this talk about, because um, I know you were kind of knew the law of one. So when you hear us talking so openly about um, aliens and disclosure and uh, confederation and things like that, um, how does this land is for you? I'm just curious, not not to put you on the spot. I, literally, just curious.
5: No, thanks for the for the question. Because it, uh, in parallel, uh, and even before I joined this group, I don't know if it's what I watch on YouTube, and then there's an algorithm that then starts sending me things that you know to start watching. But that seems to be what's happening. But um, I have. Um, been following the work of Dr. Stephen Greer. And, um, mm-hmm. and so that's where, um, for the first time, I really began to see that there was somebody who was made it his life's mission to, um, to bring this forward to the public in a way that is scientific. And so for me, um, You know, I look for, I look for evidence of, of anything, uh, that, um, would help me. And there, and there is plenty of evidence out there for things such as, you know, UFOs and afterlife and whatnot that, um, has made me pay attention. So, um, none of this is all that new to me in a way. It's just also
0: confirms that there's, um, you know, parallel conversation. That's awesome. Yeah, I was wondering how it was heading for you. Thank you for sharing. Great. Thanks for asking. All right, any last comments or anything before we close out? All righty, I'll go ahead and uh, close this out with the closing prayer. If everyone can please close their eyes. And take a deep breath in. And take a deep breath out.
3: Infinite creator, we thank you uh, for tonight. We thank you for the opportunity to meet once again. We thank you for the opportunity to discuss the things that are happening um, on our planet in our world during this time. We thank you for allowing us the opportunity to be witness to these things and to use this as a catalyst for our own personal growth. Um, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your light and your creation. And we thank you for opportunities like these in order to be able to fulfill your original desire and your will um, to know that self as self teaches self and self learns from self. And if uh, everyone can repeat after me, I am. I am. I am. I am the infinite creator. The, the infinite creator. Manifested into flesh. Manifested, Manifested Manif- into flesh. I am. I am infinity. 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 Experiencing itself.
2: Experiencing
0: itself. Thank you all.